Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Canadian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I am a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Because you are listening today, I want to go ahead and give you a free gift. It is my six-step blueprint to living alcohol-free. It is a tool for you to have, so you don't have to go to AA. Just go ahead and follow the guidelines there. It's what I used to help me through my sobriety journey. Go ahead and text the word GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, at 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's 1-855-649-6196. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. I have a very special guest. I have Laura Chandler. She is a transformational body love coach and spiritual energy healer. She provides intuitive guidance to women all over the world, allowing them to forever end deeply embedded cycles of suffering and lack so they can flourish in every way possible. She currently runs an online 12-week body love program that supports women in ending the emotional eating cycle for good. She knows when a woman feels confident and beautiful, she shines her brightest light into the world. Laura holds a bachelor's in psychology from the University of California, Davis, and a master's in counseling from Santa Clara University. Awesome. Thank you so much, Laura, for joining. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Gina. I have been so looking forward to this. Awesome. So I would just love to hear about your background and what made you become a coach? That is a, that is the question, right? Um, and it's been this whole soul path up until this point. Um, what made me want to be a coach? Well, I needed a coach. I needed a coach in my life in order for me to kind of better understand myself and through kind of the exploration of getting to know myself through coaching myself, was I finally able to realize, okay, I'm gifted and skilled in this area and I can provide this for women as well. So that's the kind of the groundwork of it. That's so awesome. Yeah. So I noticed even for myself, when I was struggling with alcoholism and I decided to quit, I didn't know what to do next. I'm like, who do I go talk to? You know, I don't have any more of the same friends anymore. <laughs> I was trying to go to church and meet new women, but I really needed a mentor or a coach to guide me. And I didn't know of any alcohol recovery coaches out there or anything. So I went to a fitness trainer and she also worked on the mindset. So she worked with women and the mindset and that really has helped me uh, throughout my process. Now, I know uh, you do something extra special with your clients. <laughs> you have an amazing pro program that you offer. And for me, and I actually struggled with some type of like eating disorder. What I would do is I would eat, 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 then not eat at all. And this was in mm -hmm. elementary school. 
Now, why is it that you think that women, or not even women, children in elementary school have that idea, like, hey, let me go ahead and eat whatever I want and then not eat for a while and then try to see if I <laughs> can fit in my yeah. clothes better or look better. But that's elementary school. <laughs> why is that? Oh, wow. Well, it's so multi-layered, really, because there's so many different reasons why we use food as a way to have a sense of control. It's not a one-size-fits-all, I can just prescribe to you why you did, did that. Um, but as a child, when sometimes we feel like we're in situations that we don't have power, we have to grip on to anything in our life that we have a choice over. And food, of course, is something that you're always being, you're always being given somewhat of a choice. Even if you don't have a choice of the food itself, like, you know, you can only have this meal. Well, you have a choice how much you're going to eat of that meal, right? So it's just a way to kind of feel the sense of security in life when other parts are feeling really unstable or insecure. Yeah. So they noticed as growing up, you know, I would be like into these fad diets in high school. You know, we only have like some tuna and crackers and vegetables, all these different things. Uh, but it was getting better because I was in sports. So I was eating and eating some <laughs> had to, otherwise I'd probably pass out during my basketball game. But I noticed a lot, there's a lot of different women who are struggling with an eating disorder. What kind of process do you take your clients through to help them overcome that challenge? The 12-week program that I provide, when, when it's looked at from a weekly basis, because I normally see women once a week, it extends over a three-month period. Uh, three period. And the first month is heavily addressing mental and emotional blocks. So all of that mindset work you were talking about, that's what we go into. We also go into releasing a lot of the emotions that are running in the background, that are continuing the patterns, right? And I specifically work with women who emotionally overeat. So, you know, dealing with emotions of loneliness, of um, feeling disgusting about themselves, right? Having really critical thoughts, which create a lot of negative emotions. So we, we heavily work on that the first month. The second month is a little bit more strategy. It's a little bit more practical steps that we can take that can eliminate some of the behaviors. And then the third month is about bursting out into the world and shining your most beautiful light. Because by that point, the two-month mark, and they're going into their third, they're feeling pretty good and pretty ready to just be like this bold, authentic, abundant goddess out in life uh, because they've addressed some of the more deeper layers. And so that's kind of the process that I run them through. Um, but as you said, it, it's so much mindset at the start. Yes, the mindset is a very, very important thing that we need to get in control because a lot of times our mind just tells us these negative things over and over again, like you're not good enough, you know, you're fat, you know, you, you can uh, lose a couple of pounds here, you know, we always are constantly feeding ourselves this negative talk. <laughs> what are yeah. some, yeah, what are, what are your ideas? What are some ways that we can start talking better to ourselves? Louise Hayes, if you're familiar, she is a self-love spiritual guide. 
she really helped me when I was first kind of embarking on my own journey. And she has a quote that speaks to what you just talked about. And it, it, it goes along the lines of, if beating yourself up like worked, wouldn't it have worked already? You know, like when did it ever work to beat yourself up? It, it doesn't, it doesn't. What does work is true, deep self-love. That's what quiets the mind, the body, the spirit, and actually allows us to achieve and to create and to uh, embrace ourselves as we are. And if then we want to tweak things about ourselves, it's really not coming from a place of self-hate. It's coming from a place of, well, damn, girl, I want to, you know, cut my hair or I want to cinch this in. But, but it's coming from a more creative, like loving space. Yes, that totally makes sense. Now, I remember growing up as well. This is all like from the past because now I'm transformed now. So I accepted my body. I accept my body now, I should say. But back then, because I I developed at a young age, you know, I actually started my period, I think, at like three days shy of my ninth birthday. Very, very young. Mm -hmm. So I developed a lot and I was getting like meteor. And I always said, oh, I had big bones, but every, cause all the other girls were so petite and tiny and skinny. And here I was the tallest one, which I was, I wish I was so tall. <laughs> I'm only like five, five now, <laughs> but I think I was five, five in elementary school. And I was praying so hard, like, oh, please, I don't want to grow any taller. Cause I don't want to be different from everybody else. I think it came true. <laughs> but anyway, what I was saying is that I always compared myself to other people and I always body shamed myself. It wasn't until I accepted myself, like, you know what, Gina, you are beautiful just the way you are. If you need to, you know, maybe tone up a little bit, firm up that booty a little bit, you know, get some sculpture in your arms, then so do it, you know, but do it on your own time, <laughs> right? Yeah, on your own terms, on your own terms. On your because, own terms. Mm -hmm. Because it makes you genuinely happy. And, and that can only, you can only even know that awareness of what makes you genuinely happy when you're in a space of self-acceptance. Yes, self-acceptance is very important. Now, I wanted to talk about some things here. It says, yeah, <laughs> I've, uh, I've took, I took note of your expert topics here. And I want to talk a little bit about how to love yourself when you're having a bad body image day bad body image day don't we all have bad body image days yes yes even now and as a as a coach who does this I still have days where I'm like oh I'm just not feeling myself this this hard today um and so they're normal and that is number one to to know that it is normal to have days where you're just not really feeling yourself especially with us women we run in cycles and Depending on the week of the month, even if you are someone who's past that, right, who is in menopause or whatever, it doesn't matter. We have cycles and flows that change our bodies hormonally throughout the month. And some, you know, in some of those points, we feel like maybe we're holding a little extra water or whatever. So number one is to know that it's normal. Number two is Partly the mindset work, which is a matter of focus. So what I have my clients do is first write out what they're disliking about their body that day. 
and we can do different, um, there's different strategies and techniques to kind of release any like strong emotions around that. I love EFT tapping, if you're familiar with it. It's an emotional freedom technique, so really, really helps. Um, but then lastly, we harness the, our own spiritual power to focus our mind on what we do like, okay? And I know that sounds cliche, but when with clear intention and focus and reflection, by focusing on the things that we like, we're able to rewire our mind so that we can kind of carry on in our day with a little bit more peace. Totally. Yes. And, you know, also you have to think of it this way. Would you talk to yourself? Would you talk to a stranger or a child the way you talk to yourself negatively, right? Absolutely not. And we should be loving ourselves. I always tell all my clients and all of my friends and family, love yourself. <laughs> you are so beautiful no matter what. Like our insides, you know, our spirit, if that's shining inside, the outside right. will then shine as well. <laughs> so we really need yeah. to start loving ourselves and doing things. What are some What are some things that people can do to start loving themselves? Ooh. Well, this this is a wide, this is a vast topic. What they can do to love themselves, but to to begin with, is truly attending to your own body needs. Asking yourself throughout the day, what do I need? What do I need? What do I need? I do this several times an hour. I mean, now it's so intuitive, right? Because I do it so frequently. But that could be I'm thirsty. I need to take a drink. I'm feeling kind of tired. I need to close my eyes for 15 minutes. I, I'm i feeling lonely. I should send a text to a girlfriend of mine, right? So it's always checking in with your body. What signals is it sending you? Because that's your point. That's your point of attraction. That's your point of power. Yes. So listen to our bodies. And if it's asking, hey, rest, give yourself rest, right? Hey, if you want to go ahead and eat a salad with extra ranch <laughs> like me sometimes, yeah. then go ahead and do it, you know? So it's just allowing your body to, it's kind of like listening to yourself and then taking action on it, <laughs> yeah. right? It's, yes, it's being your own guide. Right. And, and to trust, and this is the hardest part, Gina, is to trust that that guide has your best interest. And why do people not trust themselves, I wonder? I mean, I know why I didn't trust myself. A lot of it had to do with me drinking, and I didn't even know who I was. But right. I definitely trust myself. I actually talk to myself all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I've made myself my best friend. <laughs> I adore that. We all should be our best friend and our biggest support system. Right. And and why why do we not trust ourselves? Well, from the age of one to seven, we are in a brainwave state that is so highly receptive to other people's conditioning and what they say and their condition from when they were seven, right? So so it's just this trickle-on effect of all this garbage that's being programmed into us from such a young age. And through kind of having our own awareness journey, we're able to recognize some of that conditioning and let it go. But it takes getting to that place where we're aware that we're conditioned. 
Yes, we are conditioned. And I love this topic because this can go on another podcast show. The outside is a big influence. And like I said, growing up, I was watching movies, you know, Victoria's Secret models, Mm -hmm. you know, and just magazines. My sister is 10 years older, so she was always doing makeup and she's six feet tall. She was very skinny. She was modeling as well. I was a short one. And so I always looked up to her trying to be all like her, but there was no way I was going to, I'm not going to be six feet tall. (laughs) That was her. That's her. (laughs) But everything influenced me and others as well, where we started then not eating. Some, some of my friends became bulimic. Uh, Some, some of them actually became anorexic. And so we were all struggling with some type of identity, like who, why we should be so skinny but when, when we should just start loving our own body because God made us or the universe made us, whatever you want to call it, source, universe, God created us. And whatever is given to us is a gift. And I think that once women know their gifts, they can truly start shining and then be who they truly are. Seeking attention from the outside, they need to seek attention within themselves and start loving people. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And to truly, you're, you're such a shining example of that. I mean, just, oh, yes. thank you. Yes. You really are. I can tell that you have focused a lot on your own beauty, be that spiritual, physical, whatever it is. You've been able to identify the things about yourself that you love. And that that's again where true power comes from. Definitely. And it, it's a process. This doesn't happen overnight. We have to practice, practice, and practice. And I think the more that I had practice, I was becoming more aware of my surroundings. And then just just started to be like, you know what? I don't need to think these thoughts anymore. I don't need to have the outside influence me in any way and I don't need to care about what anybody's opinion is about me who cares I don't care anymore unless they're like my loved ones or my family members of course but people that I don't know strangers why am I caring about them when I don't even they don't even like themselves (laughs) and that's where the programming comes from right they're 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 wording of how they talk about themselves is I'm not good enough and that gets deep. If we're around that enough, if, if we're observing that, we start taking that in. Literally, our auras start kind of um, attracting in what really shouldn't be coming in. It needs to be left outside. It needs to be left with them. <laughs> and, and they can deal with that journey on their own, right? We all have our own soul's path and our own soul journey to address certain things that we think and feel about ourselves, but let that be theirs, right? And you fundamentally challenge those thoughts and feelings and risen to this point where it's like, I am enough. I don't need to, I don't need to ask someone if I'm enough and I don't need to compare myself to this other person to gauge whether I stacked up to them. Yes, I totally agree with that. Oh, that's great. So did you ever have any experience growing up in, in high school? Like how, what I experienced trying to, you know, c- comparing yourself to other people there, other girls? 200%. <laughs> 200%. I have walked 
such a challenging task when it comes to that. And it's only through me walking it and getting to the other side of freedom that I'm actually able to serve women who are still in it. Yeah, growing growing up was a constant battle of, I just want to be loved. How the heck can I get this love? And if, do I have to, I obviously need to change myself, right? Because I'm not getting enough of it right now. So there must be something I'm doing wrong. I must be wrong in some way. Again, speaking out the external validation, acceptance, all of that. And I struggled a lot with doing things that I thought would change me enough that someone would finally accept me or love me. And as I said, it's futile. It doesn't work. Yes, it doesn't, right? <laughs> what would you tell someone? I mean, I don't have any listeners who are probably in high school, but I'm sure there's moms that have some girls that are in high school. What would you say to a mom or even the girl that's in high school about how to accept who they are and not to compare themselves to people? That's a twofold question because the the mothers, there's nothing they need to say to their daughters. It is all a reflection of how they treat themselves. Mm-hmm. So for the moms listening out there, take the pressure off yourself. You don't have to guide or explain to your daughters how to love themselves. Your, your job, your role is to so fiercely love yourself that your daughter is just going to emulate that, witness that, take that in. And I work on the spiritual realms as well. So again, by changing your aura, by really focusing so fiercely on yourself, your aura actually interacts with your daughter's aura in such a beautiful way that can transform her without you having to do anything. Wow, aura. So that's like the, what is an aura? Your, your aura is essentially the spiritual part of you that is emanating out. Okay, so we are a dense matter. Our physical body is like the density, the bones, the proteins. You know, think about all of that, right? This, this, this physical grounded element. But your aura is your spirit. It is the non-physical, which... It both resides kind of within your body and outside of your body. So it's an actual energy that interacts with other people's energy or us. And you don't need to touch someone with your physical hand in order for you to touch their soul. Oh, wow. Now, there's different colors of auras I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) How does one determine what aura color they are? I actually do not have the gift of aura color seeing. Okay. <laughs> I know one person who does, who has, or actually two. And I'm just like, wow, how do you do, how do you see that? I don't see anything. <laughs> oh gosh. I wish I did. I wish I did. Mine is more of an intuitive hit. Um, how I kind of um, receive it. You have a very bright aura, Gina, by the way. <laughs> you you feel it everyone that I talk to they're like whoa you got a lot of energy there 
Yeah, yeah. Even through like a Zoom call, you know, they like sense it. I'm like, that's the strong energy. That oh, yeah. Imagine oh. in person. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. You know, um, my kids love me. Yes. My, I have all boys and so I don't have any daughters. It's just three boys. Uh-huh. And so I, I noticed, like you said, the more that the mom loves themselves mm-hmm. and just demonstrates love and kindness and just giving to their, the children what they need, my my kids are doing really well <laughs> right now. It wasn't okay. always like that. Let me tell you, it was not like that before. Uh, but it's a lot better because I don't drink anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I've taken that away. Now, when I drink, it was because I didn't love my body and I didn't love myself. That's the reason why I drink alcohol because it masked what was really underlying what was going on, right? So I drank because it made me feel more confident, so I thought. It made me look skinnier, so I thought. It was all an illusion. It was all false. And it was, I was just deceived. I, I deceived my own self. It was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I relate to that. I completely relate to that. Because I felt similarly when I was in this binge eating starvation cycle. And it felt like when I was starving myself, I looked, I looked good. I I could wear the cute clothes. I could, you know, quote, get the attention. But really, it was all fake. It was all, it was all so based in this premise of I don't like myself that it did it, that high never lasted, right? And when it wouldn't last, then I would go out and try to eat more food to cope with it, right? And then even that relationship that I attracted because from that state of mind, right, was shallow. They didn't really see me. It was really unfulfilling because I didn't see me and I wasn't feeling full within myself. So I was just attracting a reflection of what was going on with me. Yeah, same, same thing. Yeah, totally reflection. Uh, anyway, I just had to take a nice deep breath because <laughs> I was reminiscing back in those days. I'm like, oh, yeah, those days oh. can go away. <laughs> entirely, entirely. I I was so triggered when I wrote my master's paper about binge eating. And I had to go, I wrote this 20 page paper about how to cope, how to really truly heal from it, right? And throughout that process, I kept, reminiscing on the time when I was dealing with that myself similar to what you're talking about and it's like it was so it was triggering in itself it was like my greatest level of healing and transcending of this thing because I had to look back and I had to dive into it again right to pull out the 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 medicine for other people I didn't want to do it it took me six months to write that paper because I had to take breaks along the way. I had to let that trigger me, deal with it, with all the tools I had, and then return back to it when I felt I could look at it again. So it's, it is, it can be very painful to kind of like reminisce about those times. Right. Yes. And I was just writing my testimony. I was going to be sharing my story to this Bible group that I was in many years, not many years ago, like four or five years ago. and. I was writing it and I'm just like, oh man, all these emotions started coming out. And I felt like it was a little bit of therapy for me. 
but now I want to create it into a book. <laughs> so I have to elaborate more on that. And I'm just like, oh, wow, all these emotions will come up. But I, I've gotten to a place where I feel like I'm, I'm okay now. Like I'm, I'm okay to go through this, um, to revisit these. Although they may seem, if I think about it now, I'm like, wow, that really happened to me. <laughs> Because I forget, I mean, I don't forget, but I don't think about it anymore. I just think about the present moment. <laughs> I don't really dwell on the past like I used to. Everything was always about the past. Well, if I talked to my husband and, uh, and and I was like, if I were to mention something from the past, it was like, wait a minute. Nope, you don't need to talk about the past. You're here right now. <laughs> be here now. Be here now. So, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, I, I totally understand what those emotions that come up when you're trying to write a paper about what you went through and then for me like writing what my experience was as well it was very difficult yeah and you speak of being in the present moment and that is a huge that is a huge thing if you can be in the present moment and not rehearsing the past you are free yeah yes i definitely feel free uh i I don't know. I've just been feeling good. I just did a podcast of my of myself talking about confidence, and I was like, you know what? I feel pretty freaking good. <laughs> I was like, I know yeah. some shifts are happening in my life right now. There's some changes here. You know, there's always going to be some challenges, and that's just life. But it's just the the purpose of life is to experience as much as you can because we're only here on Earth for so long. And these cute little avatar bodies, I always say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like make the best of it whatever we've learned and struggled with in life now we can help other women you know who are struggling yeah. with this because everyone has a there's different levels and everyone has a certain level that they're at <laughs> so where we need to meet them where they're at and just help yeah. and uplift them and just show them hey it doesn't have to be this way <laughs> yeah yeah and the greatest way to show them is really just to embody it and and to not not to feel like we have to teach anyone anything. They believe me when I say their aura is going to just be transformed in your energetic field. Yes, that's why you're such a good influence to these women because you have a good aura about you as well. Now, I don't see colors or auras, but like I'm intuitive as well. <laughs> Sometimes mm -hmm. I can just sense things and they just happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and the more you get in touch with your body, and that's a huge part of, like, one of the amazing benefits of really coming to peace with your body is you become so highly intuitive because your body is picking up these present moment senses, right? We actually uh, experience the world with our senses. We're so highly aware of our senses at that point because we're fully embodied within ourselves that we often just know, right, what the next best thing to do is, or, or even just not even the next best thing to do, but like what is coming. Like we we can quite literally like have visions, and and they can immediately happen. I just had that happen to me today, and it was like I was not surprised because it's become my normal. And when I'm living in that space of flow and being tapped in being really like psychically aware because I'm so grounded in my body, life becomes so easy. It, it's just like this beautiful dance of symphony of, okay, what's coming in next? 
I know I always look forward to like, okay, what's, what's going to happen today? Like every day is like a mini New Year's. <laughs> you wake up, it's like a brand new day. Like what am I going to create today? How am I going to love today? How can I make an impact on somebody or something today? Yeah. I, even, I even say, how do I love my animal more today? <laughs> my little kitty cat. Because <laughs> oh, pets are like, I love pets. Like I always hear that cats are are like a a spiritual type of animal to have or <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not but I just uh-huh. love animals they're just like my spirit guides as well too <laughs> oh my goodness yeah cats I I again I I I will be very clear with what spiritual gifts I have and I do not have I'm not an aura color reader and I'm not like an animal intuitive but what I have heard is that cats they are so feminine, right? Like they have the feminine masculine energies, right? And cats, they are so like grounded in their self-worth of just like, I'm just going to be and flow and nap when I want to and get fed from this owner who just loves me. And I'm just going to let them love me. And I don't always need to be like all over them, right? Like a dog. I can just kind of like lean back and be taken care of. So cats have a lot to teach us that we can be loved even when we're not vying for attention. They we're, we're, we're worthy of that. Oh my gosh. Everyone used to tell me, or they still do, you're just like a cat. I said, well, maybe I was one. <laughs> you know, so with my cat, we have competition. <laughs> He's, it's a boy cat. Like I have all males in the house. I'm the, the only feminine energy inside this household here, mm. <laughs> which is interesting. You know, I'm doing the cooking and the cleaning and, you know, the loving and the nurturing and, you know, doing the husband or not husband, the wifey and the mommy thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's nice to have that. But the cat and I, we have some competition and he tells me like, Hey, you need to feed me. I said, no, you need to wait. <laughs> So we have, we both have like the same mentality. I don't know. We just totally got off tangent about cats. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll go that back is, into. <laughs> you know what though? I think it's so appropriate just with how, again, it's like this, this comes down to I'm allowed to have needs and, you know, to have those needs met. And that's, that's what you're telling me right now. <laughs> right, right, right. Now I want to ask you, so how does one feel fabulous? when their inner critic is trying to sabotage their success? Mm. Now, again, multi-layered, but one of the things that you can do is to write a love list to yourself. And if it has to be things you, quote, done in the past, that's fine, because we always have to go back to celebration and celebrating ourselves. No one's going to celebrate you unless you're celebrating you, okay? So whether that be I, you know, I graduated high school. Like, everyone has their own list of what matters to them, what they're proud of for themselves. Um, But it's harnessing this spiritual focus and energy onto where we've already gained some sort of mastery or success or, um, you know, in some way, given ourselves the love that we need because it takes love to end drinking. Right, Gina? Right. <laughs> yes, right. it takes love. 
it takes love. So there's going to be days where you go, I wish my business was here. I wish it was hot. You know, I was making more or whatever, but we have to look back and go, you know what? I am celebrating what I have over, not even overcome, but what I have transcended in my life. That was a, of a challenge for me to even be at the place that I'm at. Like, let's celebrate all of those things because from that energy of celebration, we really can find and we can tap into like the next best steps for us and feel that sense of fabulousness. I love that. Yeah. Celebrate your wins, small or big, celebrate no matter what. Yeah. And even celebrate your fa- failures if you if you want to call them failures or like hiccups or whatever you want to call them, because that's a, a opportunity for you to grow. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's I don't really believe in failure. I feel like it's just a growing opportunity to learn, mm-hmm. a learning experience. And I always say, well, you only kind of fail when you quit, but just keep going, keep moving, keep shining. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, that is so next level. I I'm still working on that myself. That is probably one of the biggest kind of soul challenges in this world, right? Is not looking at our, say, points of growth as um, mistakes or failures, but really just, okay, like that's, that's what I chose to work on in this lifetime. And I'm just going to continue on being my fabulous self, right? And all that's going to take care of itself. Yes. And just enjoy the process and just be grateful. I think gratitude plays a big role in just being happy in life. When you're appreciative, everything that's given to you, even if it's the bad, then you're, you you made it. (laughs) If you're grateful for all the experiences, the ugly, the good, the sad, the uh, happy, the whatever, then I always say you, you've made it. Yes, yes. And and sometimes it really just takes having the tools. Right. Um, like within the 12 week program that I run, it's giving these women the tools so that when they bump up against disappointments in life and they bump up against these critical thoughts, they have tools and strategies and techniques that allow them to move past those at rapid fire. So they're not getting stuck in spirals of trying to cope with it. No, no, no. We're not just coping with it, right? We are we are transcending it. We're getting beyond it so that we can just move on, not get stuck in that. Don't get stuck. <laughs> so how do you transcend body shame? Body shame has so much to do with emotion of shame. I see. So having the tool again to release shame out of our bodies and it's, there's actually a vibration within the body. Um, so we have the, our whole, our whole body is an energy body, really, but there's different, um, energy centers, which some people call them chakras. You know, it really doesn't matter what you call it. Um, but having shame stuck in any of those chakras is going to kind of like keep us in that pattern of trying to mask the shame. So over drinking, probably in your case, right? Or overeating in the case of the women I deal with, um, not deal with, but serve. <laughs> um, so addressing shame itself is the key. And it comes down to, so one of the techniques that I use, again, back to EFT, is emotional freedom techniques. 
whereas where you actually tap on your body, the different energy systems, they're called meridian points. And that gets you, that start, starts moving the blocked notion of blocked vibration that is stuck in these different areas. Um, I typically cry when I do it, but not a cry of sadness. I mean, sometimes it's linked to a sadness, but it's more of a cry of release because we're alchemizing. We're taking that stuck energy that's within and we're making it a different form, which is usually water or tears. Um, and that's a huge part of releasing so much body shame. You don't have to even do so much mindset work as you need to do emotional release work. I've heard of somatic uh, release. Do you yeah. do you have do you have any knowledge on that one? <laughs> Absolutely. So EFT is a modality of somatic. I see. I see. Okay. Healing. Yes. Yes. I I love somatic work because it really bypasses even the mind. It's it's such a deeper healing. And by shifting and moving the energy in your body, you're able to get beyond some of the um, mind prison, right? Because when you're in the mind prison, it's hard to know how to get out of it. It's actually almost nearly impossible. But when you work on the body energetics, the mindset takes care of itself. It's just the oddest thing. That's so funny that you said that because I always say, hey, move your body, move your mind. <laughs> When I'm in exercise, my mind is it gets more clear. <laughs> I feel good. I feel better. Even if you just take a walk, you know, out being out in nature has helped me tremendously. Just being in the sun, you know, being surrounded by animals and birds. Uh, when we actually saw a rattlesnake the other day when we were hiking, my husband and I were like, ah, because right now I'm doing a, a kundalini uh, yoga practice with my mentor. And she's helped me. So the mind is good. I have issues with my body, not body shaming or anything anymore. I used to, trust me, but more like pain because I've been in many car accidents. None my fault that I've been hit, you know, with lash, you know, they've hit me on the freeways. They didn't even stop at the stoplight. And so I have a lot of spinal issues and I've seen the chiropractor before and it helps, but I really feel like there must be something else blocked in there. It's always my lower back. And perhaps it was the epidural from my first pregnancy. I have no idea. But I really feel like it's helping me. This yoga practice is helping me not only connect to source, but also release like pain. I'm actually feeling better, moving better and everything. And it's just, it is a practice. I do do it maybe two or three times a week. And I just love it just to help the body you know, release whatever it has stuck in there. Oh, yeah. And this is so multi-layered because we have, again, our energetic body and we have our physical body and we can't neglect either one of them, right? So you're you're speaking, you've already done so much energetic spiritual work on yourself and there's something going on with that physical, right? The, the quite literal minerals and proteins in your body that just is throwing you off a little. Uh, so getting the support you need from a yoga kundalini practitioner, which I love that because it's like a fusion of the body and the the energy. That's what that's what that yoga uh, kundalini experience is like. You're getting the you're, you're getting a full wraparound support system with what you're dealing with. Yeah, it was something so cool. I'm like, you know what? And that's why I saw the snake because. <laughs> 
you know, they have, like Kundalini is like the snake going up the spine and releasing from the crown chakra or something like that. Uh-huh. So mind you, I've hiked this in the Alam Rock Hills millions of times. We've seen bobcats. We've seen, you know, deer carcasses, cow carcasses. We've seen all these different animals there, but never have we seen snakes. And it was the first mm-hmm. time that I was like, and I was thinking in my head, oh, I'm going to see a snake today. And we did. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, it, it is. That is so crazy. That, that's like this absolute wink uh, and just confirmation that what you're doing is serving you. <laughs> and it didn't rattle its rattler, apparently. So I was, I was happy about that. I was like, I was telling my husband, let's not take, go too close to it, okay? <laughs> let's take the video and zoom in. <laughs> take the video yeah. from far, but just zoom in. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you don't want to disturb whatever is going on. <laughs> yeah, seeing it is enough. You don't need to be touched by it, right? right? right. Totally. Oh, this is awesome. So because I know you had, you said you were overeating and, and you had a coach to help you break that cycle. And so you can start becoming who you truly are. What would you tell your younger self if you met her back then? Again, I, I don't know if I would tell her anything. If, if I was with her, I would just truly be embodying this acceptance of myself and through that example I know she would be like more free because she could be free with me and when you're when you're able to be with someone that you can really just be yourself with it kind of gives you permission to be yourself with everybody else as well that's so beautiful I love that well, is there anything else you would like to tell the listeners, the audience, your fans? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, your healing is inevitable if you choose it. So make a choice. That choice, it ha- it's a stillness within yourself, a stillness within your heart to To accept all of you. To know that through that acceptance is where the healing begins. So if you're not loving yourself right now, that's a perfect place to be. I don't love myself right now. And I choose to love myself. And I love that. <laughs> that was beautifully said, Laura. Oh my goodness. You're amazing and keep shining and helping these women. And I'm just so happy to have you on my show today. Where can people follow you? You know, find your website and even sign up for your program. The easiest place to find me would be Instagram. So Instagram.com slash lifted with Laura. And through there, you can follow the stories. I share really nice virtual um, tidbits about, well, life in general. Um, But you can also find the link there if you want to look into the program that I run as well. If you're dealing with any kind of emotional eating yourself, I'm happy to support you. And again, your healing is inevitable if you choose it. 
Lovely. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for coming on today. Thank you, Gina. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> if you're loving what you're hearing, go ahead and check out the links in the show notes. And if you're aligned to leave a five-star review, thank you. Thank you.